Welcome to the Building Heroes Podcast, where we learn to build heroes in our homes to help our kids be prepared for their life journeys. Hi, I'm your host, Molly Christensen, and I love to encourage and mentor you on your path. Everyone, welcome to the Building Heroes Podcast, and today I'm really excited because I didn't even know this was a thing, but I want to welcome Care Martin as my guest today because what she is is a kitchen coach, and I thought that is super cool. <laughs> I love that. So welcome, Care, and why don't you tell us a little bit more about you? Sure. Um, to be well, the kitchen coach, right? Yeah, <laughs> coach and that means that I help moms meal plan and get meals on the table easily and I focus on the nuts and bolts if you will of meal planning the logistics the what to do when um, and how to do it most efficiently and so that is all about uh, your kitchen and knowing your kitchen and know what to do in your kitchen. So um, I'm not a nutritionist or a dietitian. I don't uh, look at that side of things. I look at just how to get a good meal on the table quickly and easily for mom, but that the family will eat. So um, I started out as I was a personal chef for a brief time and I stopped doing that because we had a baby and I suddenly had less time. And so I transitioned online to helping mom's meal plan, but I took everything that I learned going into mom's houses and seeing what their struggles were in the kitchen. And they, they want to, often they want to be the one that cooks for their family. It's a way that we serve our family. It's a way we love our family. Um, and, so that is something that I learned. And then the struggle that's underneath that of how do I do it quickly and easily so I'm not totally overwhelmed and stressed out. And so for those moms, they thought a personal chef was the answer. And, you know, people always joke about wanting a personal chef. And it's definitely right for some people, but, um, you know, for others, it's not. And so they really want to know how to do it better. And that is what I helped them do. And then, um, as I said, I had to transition to online. And so I took everything I learned being in people's homes and now I bring it online. So how did you get good at planning meals is what I really want to know. Yes, that's a great question. Uh, So I've always loved to cook. I mean, not necessarily meal plan. I did not grow up learning how to cook. I didn't like cook beside my mom or my grandma or anything like that. My mom put meals on the table, but, um, you know, there, there wasn't, I never saw the planning. If there was any, I don't even know (laughs) how she did it. Um, but actually I was vegan for a little while and that was really fun cooking. Cause you get to like experiment with different kinds of ingredients and there's all these new things in that world. And so that really, um, kind of as an adult kind of sparked my love for cooking. Um, and then I, and so I, I was cooking things like friends would say, Oh, well, I don't eat gluten. Could, you know, how, could you make X, Y, Z that tastes good or whatever? And so I would do that. And that's actually how the uh, personal chef thing started is just like word of mouth um, because people had different allergies or whatever. And so anyway, I, I started out, um, you know, I liked to cook for my family and so I just did it, but it was kind of haphazard, right? It was, you know, like, I'm sure a lot of people, when, when you don't learn it, you, you, 
you get it done, but it's no, there's no like intention to it. Right. Um, but then when I started cooking for other people, I had to come up with a system because suddenly it was my work. Right. And it's funny how we're more organized in other, in certain areas of our life based on, you know, what area it is. And I had to get it together if I was going to do it for other people. And so, um, so that's really what made me put it into a system. And so I took that system and use it in my own kitchen as well. Uh, and so now that I'm a mom, I have less time. And so I needed that system. And so it all kind of came together um, at a good time, but I have definitely been there where it's like, you know, I'm driving home at five and I'm like, what am I going to make? You know, or I don't want my husband to walk through the door because that means food is going to be soon. And I love him, but he's going to want to eat dinner and I don't know what's happening tonight. So I've definitely been in that place. And, um, you know, it, it took cooking for other people to kind of, for me to get my act together too. And so I did. So that's what we should all do is cook for other people. <laughs> Everybody become a personal chef and you'll learn how to meal plan. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't think we need to go that extreme unless we feel called to do that. But at the very least, we probably could think about treating our own meals as a business. Maybe we should have our kids rate us, you know, and rate the dinners and give us feedback. It's funny. Um, and I love that though, that it, it's a really good thing to notice that sometimes we don't treat, uh, our family resources and our family, what am I trying to say here, how we run the household like we would if we were doing it for someone else. And why don't we, I think that's a really good thing to just look at and say, why wouldn't I treat this like it is a business or, or whatever. And and why am I not creating a system? Yeah. Because it makes it so much easier yeah. when you create that system. It certainly does. And it's so, often a value, you know, it's often a value of ours, but you know, the intention doesn't naturally come. So that's what I'm all about. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think you're totally right when you say, you know, so many moms really do want to provide food and good meals for their family, because that is a way that we serve and love them. And and we can decide what food we're going to put into our family's bodies and yeah. we can eat nourishing foods or, but sometimes it's just so overwhelming because we don't have that system yeah, or any system that other than the five o'clock open the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's so many, uh, there's so many aspects to that, that I, I talk through with the moms I work with and, you know, the food we want to focus, like you say, on the food we put on the table and put good food on the table. And so we, we can often kind of veer over in the direction of, you know, what's healthiest or, or what, you know, what's the latest recommendation or what ingredients should I be using? And it's, it's taking the focus really off of what, in my opinion, of, of what will actually solve the problem. Cause I find that once you have a system and you just buy ingredients that you recognize and, and it's not a, it's not a puzzle to solve. It's just, here's the recipe. And I know what all these things are and they're whole and they're, you know, fresh that kind of, that takes that, that thing that's in the back of your mind, or am I feeding my family healthy? It kind of gets rid of that because you're in control of it. 
And so it, it's kind of a distractor for, and now definitely some people have like food allergies and, you know, nutrition needs and you know, I'm not downplaying that at all. But for a lot of moms, it's just this idea of, you know, quote unquote healthy. And that has such a, that's a moving target in our world. Yes. If you get the system down and you're just using ingredients that, you know, it, it, it really solves that side of it too, which, um, you know, I have found so helpful. Yeah. And I totally agree with that because I think one big problem with meal planning is that really what it's all created up of is making decisions, right? We have to decide what we're going to have for dinner every day, pretty much for the next, I don't know, however long for just a lot. It's a lot. (laughs) And making that decision is tough because there are so many different variables, Mm. you know, like you've got the picky eaters, you've got what's in your pantry or in your fridge that you got to use up. You've got uh, what's on sale at the grocery store. You've got, well, um, the allergy aspects. You you don't know even what the right way is to eat. (laughs) So, so then you just end up not even meal planning and then you're not going to be eating nearly as healthy as if you just decided you were going to plan some meals that may not be a hundred percent perfect, but they're going to be healthier than whatever you grab at the last minute, most likely. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. It is a lot of decisions and that's what it's all about is getting rid of the decisions and the decision fatigue. You can't get rid of them, but getting rid of them in the moment. And that's when it's stressful. Well, and that's why having a system is really helpful because the decisions are already made. Right. Right. (laughs) When you're going to do what is already decided. So you don't have to worry about that. (laughs) Right. So actually, this is a funny thing I just thought of. My mom told me that she read this somewhere one time when she was a young wife. And she said, if you know your husband's coming home and you don't know what to make for dinner, just hurry and chop up some onions and start frying it. And then it's going to smell like you've got this fantastic dinner going. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and I thought, well, hey, and that really applies to this too, because that was the decision. You already had that decision made. If you don't know what you're making, you're going to fry some onions. There you go. Always have an onion on hand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I uh, probably have done that a time or two myself. And then the crazy thing about it is once you start frying them, it's, it's almost like, your mind starts working and it can start thinking of something to make. I don't know. And I think maybe that's part of it is just getting started mm-hmm. on it. So, yes. Yeah. Cause I think sometimes we tend to think, Oh, meal planning. <laughs> because you know, some kids are going to be like, I hate this. And, and maybe you don't have all the ingredients or whatever, but I think just getting started on it. It helps so much. Yeah, no, that's so true. It, it definitely does. It, and it's, it's interesting kind of the way we talk about meal planning. It's this, it's like this thing. It's like, here's meal planning and it's big and I don't know where to start or I don't want to start or it's too big or what if I start and somebody doesn't like, it's like this, it's just this overwhelming thing. And so I really, one thing about the system that I recommend is it's all about making meal planning a habit and not a habit in the sense that every week you have to take your entire Saturday and quote unquote meal plan or meal prep, 
but to break it down into very small pieces that you do scattered throughout the week. And it's just like every Thursday, I choose the recipes that I am going to make next week. And that's the only, that's the only step right there, right? It's, it's not attached to 10,000 other things. And now you have this huge meal planning blob that you don't even want to start looking at, you know? And so meal planning lends itself very well to breaking it down into small pieces. And if you can really make it a habit, I mean, there's so many things we do as habits, right? And once you start them and you just do them every day or weekly or whatever, it's like, you don't really even think about it anymore. It's just what's happening right now. And I don't have to decide it's happening right now, you know? And so that's really what I have found to be most successful is you know it's going to come up every week, right? Meal planning is going to be, and this part of the stressful part, right, is there's no end in sight, <laughs> right? And so making it a habit, you know, you're never going to stop brushing your teeth, right? But you just make it a habit and you do it. And so it's really incorporating it into your life as opposed to having it be this big, scary thing. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's like these kids, they just want to keep eating. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> they get hungry every single day. <laughs> so let's uh, shift just a little bit and talk about those kids because you're planning all these meals and sometimes they do turn their nose up at these things. So what do you do about picky eaters when you're planning your meals and when you present them those meals? Yes, yes, that is a uh, that is an excellent question that I get a lot, as you can imagine. Um, and and I, I have a couple of different um, kind of approaches to this. One, you know, the, the, the first thought is, of course, we want to make things that our family likes, right? I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. However, they're people, right? And everybody has a little bit different thing that they like. Um, and so I find what is most helpful is to get the, get your family involved. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. But sometimes when I say that people kind of step back and they're like, I don't want my family involved. I need this as simple as possible. So it's, it's them involved, but you put the boundaries around it. So if you have, you know, let's say you have three kids and uh, you know, a spouse and of course you, please don't forget yourself, what you like to eat. Um, but let's say everybody gets a night of the week, right? So Susie gets Monday and Tyler gets Tuesday and whatever it is. And you, it totally depends on their age, of course, but you give them options. So here's three things that I know that Susie likes. And so Monday is Susie's night. And so Susie gets to pick, Susie, what do you want to eat on Monday? Here are your three choices. Um, and so there are three things that you know how to make as mom, you are comfortable, like you're not choosing something, you're not letting her just choose anything, right? Because it has to work for you too. So um, then they have some, they feel like one that you care, you're listening, mom wants to have something I like, but also it's your night. So everybody else at the table knows that they're going to have their night. And so it's like, okay, Susie likes this. I guess I'll eat it, you know? So it's not like everyone, our kids are not every night of the week going to be jumping up and down with balloons and confetti because you made the best meal, right? 
I mean, that's not the goal. The goal is, you know, it's also a good way to show your kids like you make sacrifices for the other people in your life. Right. And it's not really a big sacrifice in this case, but it's not your favorite meal, but we're eating and we're eating as a family. And so that's, that's one of the biggest things is just allowing them to feel like they have a say, like they're, you know, validated. And then it's this person's night. And so nobody gets to say anything bad about it because nobody says anything bad about your night. And that really has, um, you know, that really has helped a lot of moms just, you know, one, somebody else is picking what you want to eat. So that helps you with decisions, but then also there's just more of a piece about it. And we're kind of all in this together. So that that's one, um, that's one way that I, that's where I suggest that you start on the other end of that spectrum is I, I find that moms, are doing more than they can to meet the needs of each family member. And it's like, you're not a short order cook, right? It's just simply not the role you're filling. Is it, you know, is it the role you want to fill? I really don't think that's what we're going for. If you look at meal planning, big picture, we're talking about sitting down at the table with our families, connecting, you know, yes, eating food that's good, that's good for us, but there's a bigger picture here. And it's not about what I need to, I always say, you don't have to please every mouth for every meal every day. That this just, you know, if that's the goal, then my system's not going to work for you. Cause that's not where, you know what I mean? That's not where I'm coming from. So you are mom and you are loving them and serving them and on some level, it's like, here's what's for dinner. And if you don't like this, then maybe they have a backup, you know, your peanut butter and jelly sandwich is your backup and you get to use that backup once a week. But, you know, it's just a matter of, of kind of setting the boundaries in the kitchen because the short order cook idea is a lack of boundaries and letting people, you know, tell you what you're going to do. So, that's often not the answer people necessarily want. They want an easy way to make different things taste different for everybody. And that's, you know, that's not really where I go with it, but I have found that those approaches are very helpful. It's a little bit of a reframing your perspective on it, but um, it's, I think what a lot of moms are really going for is they want some boundaries around it. Yeah, I totally agree with all that too, because yeah, being a short order cook is stressful mm-hmm. and, you know, they can turn their nose up at it. But then if you try to argue with them mm-hmm. and try to make them eat it, all you're doing is creating a big power struggle, which you can't really, neither one of you are going to win. Right. Oh, it's so true. That was well said. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, in our house, if you don't like the dinner, well, usually when I make the dinner, I try to make sure that I have a side dish that I know everybody's going to like, mm-hmm. you know, so that that's where like bread or salad comes in really handy. And in our house, if you don't like what's for dinner, then you get a salad. Yeah. You know, that that's what you get. I don't yeah. do the PBJ thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and part of the reason why is because my son had a, uh, um, friend in when he was a young adult actually he still is but anyway (laughs) he pretty much would only eat pbj's for every single meal yeah 
And when they were in England living there, um, <laughs> he, he said he was going to start um, eating more foods, just trying them. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, I actually do like food. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> and he ended up gaining a lot of weight because <laughs> his body was used to only eating PBJs. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, wow, that's an interesting thing that have happened. Yeah. Uh, and, and then it reminded me too, of like, you know, sometimes my kids will be reading a book and I'll have, you know, everybody's going to say, this book is so good. You should read this or whatever. And the kid starts reading like that. Eh, this isn't that great. And if I know it is a good book, then I'll just say, that's okay. You're just not quite ready for it yet. Just mm-hmm. try it again in a year or two. And then I apply that to food too. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate yeah, okay. this. And, and if you try to argue with them, you know, and say, no, you have to eat it. You have to like it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Make them do it. Yeah. But then if you tell them that's okay, when your taste buds get more mature, you'll probably like it. There you go. And so you leave the door open is really what you're doing. Yeah, because the more we argue with your kids, the more stubborn they're going to get about it. And the more they're never going to want to try it. Right. That's so true. No, that's a really good point. Leave, leave that door open. Yeah. And that's, you know, I like that, you know, if you're not going to eat, then you can have a salad, you know, that's, that's just what it is. You know, you you can choose not to eat and you have that freedom and there's consequences and here it is. (laughs) So you get to pick. Yeah. Then it just gets harder when they become teenagers and they choose to snack all afternoon and then they don't (laughs) Actually, depending on the teenage, they will still eat the dinner, but (laughs) I hear teenage boys will just eat constantly. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. And then you kind of just have to be like, well, you'll outgrow that too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So another uh, thing I want to ask you about too is for moms who don't feel like they're very good cooks, mm. I know sometimes the temptation is when you sit down the meal plan, you start getting excited about trying all these new recipes. Mm. And <laughs> I mean, that could throw you off pretty fast if you're not used to cooking at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, but if a mom isn't like really confident in her cooking skills, where do you suggest they start? improve the cooking skills? That's a great question. Um, So the first thing I would say is there is nothing, there's no rule that meal planning has to be all or nothing. And what I mean by that is when we decide that we want to start meal planning, it's like, okay, what's for breakfast? What's for lunch? What's for dinner? I plan all of it or, and then I get frustrated. And so I do nothing. Okay. And I say this to say the person who doesn't feel like they're a good cook or they don't even just don't like to cook or they're not, a, they're not comfortable in the kitchen, whatever it is, is to start small. Just plan one meal, one dinner for next week, right? Whatever you're doing now is what you're doing, right? And so if the goal is to improve on it, it's not going to improve to where you're planning every single meal next week, right? So just start with one. And so what that helps you do, if you're new to meal planning or you're new to cooking or you're not good at either or whatever it is that you're telling yourself, um, just start with one, okay? Just one meal next week. I'm going to find a recipe and I'm going to plan it. 
And then I'm going to buy the groceries and prep the ingredients. And that's how I'm going to get started. And then you build on that. So there, the, often the fear or the anxiety about it is kind of like what I was saying before. It's like this massive thing. So I would, I would recommend that you start small. And then the, the idea with meal planning and getting a system that's sustainable. And that's really what I'm all about is we're going for like long-term sustainability. And so you're going to start with a recipe that maybe you think looks interesting, maybe you think looks good, um, you know, that a friend told you about, whatever it is, and you're going to try it out. And if it's, if you like it and you're, it, it works for your family and it's one that you can make uh, confidently, then that goes into and starts your recipe hub. Okay. And so then you're going to build on that. So you're going to, you're going to try a recipe. And it's not going to work, right? Either you're not going to, you know, it, it's, nobody's going to like it or you, you didn't do, you don't have the right pan for it, but you tried this other, I mean, that's just part of it, right? Is there's going to be some misses, but more often than that, there's going to be some wins and you're going to establish a hub of recipes that you know how to make, that you know, you like, that, you know, your family likes. And again, not every person every night, but you know, you have, and that is, one of the keys that I have found to sustainability, because I talk to moms who want to meal plan and maybe they'll get a month down, you know, and then they're like on food blogs, searching for new recipes. And it's like stress. Okay. That is the door for stress. So you can definitely add new recipes to the hub, but it just has to be intentional. You have to go into it with, I'm going to look for a new recipe, one new recipe. I'm not going to overhaul my whole meal plan. And also having that recipe hub helps with those, with your family gets input. Here are your choices and pick one. So I'm, I hope I'm answering your question, but when you have recipes that you know how to make and you know, you like, and, and the confidence with this comes really quickly, just two or three recipes, this, this confidence will come. Um, you know, you have a place to go. And I always say, know where the actual recipe is not, you know, like on my computer and I'm not sure where my computer is and what file is it in. And like, just like, where are the recipes? I'm a hard copy person, but digital is, I mean, I have them digitally as well. It's whatever works for you. But one of the best things you can do is create a hub of recipes and you can get your hands on them, you know, either literally or figuratively on your computer. So you actually know where the recipe is. Um, and so that is going to take away so much of that anxiety about cooking because the recipe tells you what to do and you're not going to choose recipes. I mean, the client, when, when I work with a client, I I'm working with recipes that are, it, it's chop dice and Brown. Like it's not Julian something. It's not, you know, it's it, it, like, if you want to go there, we can, but most people want to start with, I just want to get a good meal on the table. And you could have years of new recipes that require nothing fancy. It's just a matter of having them and knowing where they are. So that's what you pull from instead of the internet, which again, it's those decisions, right? That that's, that's heavy and stressful. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, 
not a matter of being a good cook that, you know, it, it really isn't. And so um, if that's helpful to someone listening, it, it's not a matter of being quote unquote good. It's a matter of being intentional and having a plan and choosing things that you know how to make. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and it's also, as you keep making the food, you become a better cook. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. You know, and every once in a while I'll be like, Hey, I wonder if there's a way better method for chopping herbs than the way I do it, because the way I do it is kind of annoying. And <laughs> then I'll go look it on YouTube or something, yep. you know? <laughs> right. Right. Cause you're at the point where all the other things you know how to do. And so now it's like, Oh, here's something that I want to investigate, you know, and, and see if I can get, get better at it, but you're exactly right. It builds on itself And so you do get, you know, you do get much more comfortable. And also I just kind of ask people like, is being a good cook your goal? Like, let's get back to why we're here. What we're here for is putting good meals on the table with ingredients that we feel good about. And that does not require being a good cook. If you want to be a good cook and, and you want to go kind of the hobby route, you know, all more power to you. I love that. But what, what are you, what's your goal? And so when I frame it that way, oftentimes it's like, okay, let me get back to what I'm actually trying to do here. Uh, and it's to have that family time, the connection with food that I feel good about. So I'm not feeling guilty about it. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not stressed. So then I can be present in the other areas of my life. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle and a value that we're trying to, um, you know, take the steps to live out and being a good cook is often not the value. Yeah. I love that so much because I do think a lot of people are like, well, I'm not a good cook, so I'm not even going to worry about it at all. And you're like, yeah, but you also do value that dinner time. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And putting good food into your kids' bodies and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, I really like that a lot. Um, I, and I like that idea of establishing a hub of recipes. I just made myself a spreadsheet because I'm not going to lose it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I probably am a little old school too. I have a ton of cookbooks, but quite frankly, I don't use them anymore. Yeah. yeah. You know, because you do tend to use the internet, but you're right. It's, it's a wild goose chase when you can start going down the allrecipes.com path. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. Yes. <laughs> and that's such a, mm-hmm. yeah, overwhelming thing to do to yourself. So don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I find the other thing that, that the other road we can often go down with the internet is when we're looking for food is we start comparing And that will also get you down a road that you don't want to be on because, you know, and it'll come back to the value. Are you trying to be a a Pinterest cook? No, that's not what we're, you know. And so you can really go down that rabbit hole really quickly. um, And that will bring you into those more complicated recipes um, where you're just trying to stay practical. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Pinterest is really not good if you're prone to comparison. <laughs> and and I love what you said too about starting small because it is it is making progress on your path. And this is just like the hero's journey, which I always love to talk about because you know sometimes we just think, oh, okay, I'm going to meal plan. This should be so easy. And then when it's not, we get all upset at ourselves and give yeah. up, right? And then later we try again. 
But partly I think it's just because we think that we're going to move from here to the destination in one giant bound. <laughs> we understand that we've got to make the progress along the way. It's not like this instantaneous thing that all of a sudden you just get. Right. Right. No, that's so true. And, and you know, another thing that I, I really like to encourage people when they're thinking about meal planning is if there was something else in your life that you didn't know how to do, like if you had to go fix your car, right, you would have somebody else do it for you. And in the absence of that, if it's a value of yours that you want to be the one that do it, you learn, you learn how to do it. Right. And yet we have this thing because we're women, because we're moms, I I don't know exactly what it is, but it's like, I should know how to do this. And that is, there's, there's no truth in that, right? It, it, it might feel that way, but feelings aren't facts. And that is not a fact that you should know how to do this without help. And so it's, um, it's just an area that we feel like we're supposed to know and we have that pressure on us. And when you start small and you get help with it, um, you know, often just another mom on the same journey as you and that accountability, you know, it can be the help that you need. It, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, massive help, but if you had anything else, any other area of your life, and you don't know how to do something, you often reach out for resources. You know, you, you figure out on the internet how to do it, or you ask a friend, or you do a training class or whatever. And yet meal planning, it's, you know, for whatever reason, it's not like that. So um, starting small and getting help are two of the things I say, definitely. And again, it's that what's your goal and what can get you there. And those are the things that can get you there. Yeah, I love that. And also, you know, just keep going, keep practicing. Don't give up if you mess up one week mm-hmm. or two weeks or three weeks or more, you know, just keep jumping back in and keep practicing and keep talking to people because you never know what little bit of information is going to make your brain go, oh, yeah, I got this. Mm-hmm. That's right. Turn a switch on. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah, I would just want to thank you so much for hopping on with us today and sharing all your good tips about meal planning, because that really meal planning is a much bigger energy sucker for moms than I think we realize. Yeah. And when you get this under control and you get a handle on it and you create that system, oh, it's so much more relieving. Yes, it really is. It and really you have is. more energy to expend on good things, mm-hmm. not worrying about your brain space back. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Instead of, you know, sometimes when the kids ask you what's for dinner and you don't have a plan, it's almost like you get snappy with them. I don't know. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's not how you want to be with your kids. Right. That's right. We definitely don't. And, and it's, you know, it can, it can be kind of a threatening question, you know? And so we react defensively and, but when you have a system in place that, you know, then it's, it's taken care of and you have an answer to that question, even if it's, you know, we're taking a break from mom's cooking tonight, let's get a pizza. And that's the thing is you really find that 
when I ask moms, like it, what number of recipes, what number of new recipes on your table in, in a span of a week for dinner is success to you? And it's rarely seven, right? I've actually never had somebody say seven to me. It's rarely six, three or four is the number that that's the number I consistently get is three or four. Uh, and when you have, it's the 80, 20 rule, right? If 80% of the time you're making a head with a plan and a system meals that you feel good about, then pizza night's not a big deal. But right now it might be a big deal because you don't know what you're doing the other nights of the week. And you think to yourself, oh my gosh, every night's going to become pizza night. And that's not how, you know, and, and so when it's intentional, it's like the nights that you take a break, there's no guilt there. The nights that it's pizza and nothing against pizza. I mean, I'm just saying like the night it's takeout, the night it's whatever, the night it's let's all get bowls of ice cream and sit in front of the TV and, and watch a movie. And this is dinner. Like you, it gives you some freedom to just say, this is a special night that we're going to do this crazy thing for dinner because the rest of the time I'm doing exactly what I want to do. And it looks like I want it to look. And so, you know, that question does become much less threatening and it, you know, it's fun. What it, what is for dinner tonight? Cause I know mom has an answer, you know? Um, and so it, it just, it changes the whole, whole dynamic. Yeah, it totally does. Mm-hmm. And I think having, being intentional about making the choices, it, it gives you the boundaries, mm-hmm. but it, those boundaries give you so much more freedom, like you yep. were saying. Yep. And, yeah. and then you don't have to feel that guilt and you don't have to beat yourself up because you're not a good mom because you don't know what's for dinner. At least that's what you think, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Well, I have another thought, but I can't remember what it was. So. Oh, I know what it was. Yeah. At our house, we love to do OYO nights. Actually, correction. I love to do OYO nights. <laughs> <laughs> On Saturday nights, I'm like, guys, you are on your own. Mm-hmm. And they actually hate it really? <laughs> because I'll buy like frozen burritos or whatever. And just say, how about it? You get to get to pick whatever you want. And they love it at first, but after a while, they're like, these aren't very good. I like home cooking better. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> that was the, uh, un- unexpected results. Good, mm-hmm. good result out of that. <laughs> but yes. for me, I was just like, I'm just going to intentionally plan one night a week where I don't have to decide. Yes, absolutely. And, and man, I love it. Yeah, it is a good night. <laughs> I think I would have felt guilty had I not intentionally chosen to do that. Yeah, no, that's so true. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, well, Good for you. I'm glad you gave yourself a break. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I just figured, you know, I'm planning all these other meals. I think, I think they could handle this. I think they could and they can. Yes, yeah. yes, they can. <laughs> I, I, I have a three-year-old and there's a drawer in the kitchen and she has things in there that she can go in and eat. So even on your own nights, the three-year-old can do it. Yep. Yep. So. They can be side. So yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for hopping on this podcast today. Thank you for you sharing your encouragement and all your good tips. So why don't you let us know where we can find more 
about you and your meal planning system. Excellent. Thank you. Um, my Facebook group is called Practical Meal Planning Moms, and that is the best place to find me. Um, you know, we talked a lot today about um, kind of the the theory and the ideas and the thoughts around meal planning and shifting your perspective. And in the group, we also get down to like, what do I do when? And so, um, you know, if you liked what you heard today and you're ready to start looking at a system and those habits that you can establish every day, that is where I talk all about that. So practical meal planning moms on Facebook. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Check it out. Thanks for listening to the Building Heroes podcast. Can you help more people join the Building Heroes movement by sharing this podcast? More people can find it when you subscribe to the show, rate it, and leave a review. For more help on Building Heroes in your home, get the free Building Heroes resources at www.buildingheroesacademy.com.